Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thriving Minds podcast. I am Professor Selena Bartlett. And today we're joined by Suzanne Thompson. We're going to learn all about her amazing career and her 25 years in change and transformation of global ecosystems. And interestingly, 12 years as a conscious and present parent and parenting skills that she's learned in the process, which obviously we know we're really interested in. Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming into my orbit through Coralus. Yes. That's, <laughs> it's an amazing network where women are trying to help raise other women instead of taking them down, which is a big aim of my Thriving Minds podcast as well. I have always had this amazing uh, superpower of understanding systems. We can build, we can continually build such amazing things and the technology that is that has that is currently being created at rapid speed now is actually really important so that um we have children who are able to share how they think how they feel so they actually are seen heard and understood um, but the biggest challenge I found is that we actually are not good as humans on the onboarding process. So the onboarding process of, of just life in general. So in other words, what it is to onboard to go into schooling, what it is to onboard to become a parent. Um, and so... <laughs> I love that term, Suzanne. I, I agree. I was yeah, definitely it's... not onboarded into parenting. I was. I felt like it was a vacuum when I got home. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I think we need to be able to be sh and we have to share those stories more so, I really do feel. Uh, her and her husband um, create, had started the beginnings of how do we create a community um, that is, that, that's better than what we currently have. So how do you build a community that is um, not reliant on that middle person? So it's like imagine if you had the opportunity to rebuild it all again. And um, so this became Geo Blockchain. And so I became a part of that community from, um, from the very sort of beginning. And it's been in, in, over the last two years, there's been a lot. So my expansion of knowledge of blockchain, Web3, Metaverse, um, enabled me to see that we have this, um, it's actually living it in jewels. So what I was doing in real life with working with schools and young people in um, navigating, their, navigating their way through um, their education and journey to life, we had the opportunity to build it at the same time. So... Yeah, so the thing is, is that to make them safer, it's we have to be transparent and we have to um, ensure that we can protect ourselves as well. So um, the use of, I saw the use of Web3 and blockchain together that can provide that safety and security in the social um in social um, network, so socialized apps or learning apps or gaming apps, and um, 
by utilising what's now what is called smart contracts um, and it protects against like scams um, and enhanced um, and can we can enhance data security through having these decentralised systems. So, so can I just ask you, it's for the audience that's listening and even other people always ask me, I don't understand what that means. Like, that's good. So for the, for, I think it's a really good place to stop right this second and sp- expand not too deeply, but just for a lay audience. How do you describe blockchain and Web 3.0 for people that have no idea what it is? Yeah. So I love this. So, uh, so what I, I just said, please explain Web 3 and blockchain to a five-year-old. And it's um, and it said, imagine you have a special notebook, and in this notebook you write down everything that you do, like drawing pictures, playing games with your friends. But instead of keeping it at home, you can share it with all your friends at school. So Web three is like this super cool playground where your friends can play games, draw, and share stuff, but no one owns the playground, and it's a magical place where everyone can join in and have fun without needing permission from anyone else. So it's it it in but you have the permission, but it's a safe environment, and that's what we're working towards. And so does that's, that, that yeah, how does that safety get? How does blockchain? Can you describe blockchain? Yep. So then blockchain is the treasure chest. <laughs> so every time you want to add something new, every time you want to create a new game or a new um a new drawing or whatever you have to actually you actually have to build it and it needs a lock and key so instead of having just one key there's lots of keys and um and your friends can copy the keys but only if you give them permission does that make sense so it's like having a key to your house so it's like you won't give your key to your house to just anyone you would give your key to someone who you trust yeah. and someone who, who, who you go in there. So the treasure chest is where you keep things safe. So blockchain keeps things safe. And then you can also share so you're within the community. So you don't have to put everything on the chain and there would be certain data and information about yourself that you wouldn't put on there. But it gives you the opportunity that it actually is yours. So Sorry. the other thing I want to interrupt you with here is about the, you know, the blockchain's been used for a lot of nefarious activities around the world. It has and, been, yeah. And it's, well, it really, I mean, that's its main use um, in the dark web. So how do we, um, you know, how do we guarantee, so everything starts with such beautiful intentions like Facebook, mm. and Meta and all of these things, but as you probably are aware, they've been completely taken over by people trying to target children online and other things, you know, and scams yeah. and everything else. So can't so current- this also be overtaken at some point too? Well, the thing is, is that currently there are a lot of amazing humans out there doing some amazing work. Um, and one one of those, well, there's several. I mean, here in Australia, there's um, we've got, there's Blockchain Australia have just had a three-day event where they've been looking at all their policies and they've been working directly with government and business agencies and um, the results and the findings and the outcomes of that will be coming out by next month. And that started, so Blockchain Australia started working from, well, they've been around for a while, but the government actually did a call to action late last year 
asking for people's feedback. Um, and those resources and commentaries is what's being used. And the thing is, is that um, we, I mean, I'm speaking from my perspective and where I go with Geo blockchain and then also the work that I'm doing with Alinxis, which is the metaverse platform. And from a developer's perspective, the conversations I have with them is that everyone's got the same, the, most of the people do have the same intentions. And the same intentions are to sit there from a place of truth and that place of trust and that place of safety and place of security. And there needs to be people who are, yes, devil's advocates, if that's the word you want to use, that come yeah. into those spaces and actually ask those tricky questions. Yes, because that's what didn't and, happen with met with the development of Hot or Not that turned yeah. into Facebook. Because And we were all like that for 10 years or more, hmm. thinking only good about it. You just really honestly yeah. see the good well, in the it, thing, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing, yes, exactly. Sorry, I butt in. I really no, okay. didn't let you finish. Um, well, the... COO, the former COO who was the who who became the CEO of the board of Meta of Meta, she actually only recently left as well. And this is, and I think because the reason that I'm sharing all of this with you is because we don't know what we don't know. I know, and well, it's like science. Science is always like that, you know. Yeah, that is and, the fact that is such a great statement right there, Suzanne. Yeah. So and so I as I said and I by having this superpower of being able to see systems and then when I actually so when people as I say come into my orbit there's usually a reason that they come in and so um I met Nina Jane Patel um who is co-founder with her husband and a mother of four of four teenagers um is uh, the co-founder of an emerging um tech platform um, that's called uh, um, Kabuni. Oh, uh, yeah, you said that. Yeah. And she's been doing some work um, over for quite some time and um, she's been working with Middlesex University, um, the University of East London, um, Interpol, um, the Centre for Abuse and Trauma Studies, um, and several other people from all around the world created some videos that um, bring you towards understanding what the metaverse is through a young person's eyes, where there's that physical and digital balance, how to respect and be responsible in the uni in the metaverse. Do you, um, can I just ask you as a parent to parent, mother to mother, what do you think about this whole idea? Why do we need a metaverse? What's wrong with the real world? Well, the thing is, is that it's um, it opens up the ability to um, it breaks down the walls of geography, so enables the community like we wouldn't be able to communicate like this, yeah. Um, if we, you know, twenty years ago, um, there were there weren't legislative changes in America that brought in that sort of voiceover, um, uh, so the VoIP technology. We've had, um, I, I see that there's an opportunity to, it grows with their education and they can learn. And it means that if the metaverse was, because, you know, we're, the metaverse is already here, it's already been used, it's been used for years. And that can be seen with your, it all started with gaming. Right. So you're saying for people that also don't know what metaverse means, 
Mm. Is that anything we're doing online with a group of people outside our home around the world is kind of a metaverse yeah. and Zooming yeah. around the world and, and yeah. gaming for kids that where they've got lots of people messaging them and they're working with lots yeah. of people. So they're already, yeah, so Roblox, so you things like Mo Roblox, Minecraft, um, and then even now where we are using virtual reality um, face uh, uh, visors, I mean, the tech's now gone to the point where they're actually using optics and things like that that aren't these big masks that go over their faces so that you can actually see what's going on. Like the tech is, is it's there to give us as humans, I mean, and we have to remember that we are these multi-billion dollar machines that we don't understand all of our own intricacies. Um, it gives, they've already been playing them. They've already been in those games. So even... You know, Sega and Nintendo and all of that were already doing things in that space. This has been going on for 20, 30, 40 years. And it's just the trans the, the transformation was, you know, initially we used to just have, um, you know, writing documents and having them on a computer rather than having using a typewriter. So it was going from paper to screen. And then we went from being able to actually communicate and send that information rather than using a fax machine, we could send it, you know, via, you know, this. And now we're moving into a space where you can actually go to another, to an augmented reality or and be in that space. And as yourself in the form of an avatar, you can... It, you can experience and do what you want to do and what it does is because our brains are not designed to look and live in these little square boxes. Our, our brains actually, and you must really would know more about this, um, <laughs> I'm going from working with the people that I've worked with for years and what they've sort of told me and that's my interpretation. Initially I was a bit unsure about gaming but what I've actually grown to realise is it comes back to what I said is they actually weren't onboarded properly because I actually now see the frustrations. I ask the questions of Jackson and Saffron and say, okay, what is it about this particular game or this particular thing that you don't like? And then I wonder why you're getting so frustrated. And so it's because it's like, oh, join this game and just dive in and then they'll just work their way through it. But the thing is is that it's actually teaching them how not to interact because the thing is how it's not coming from kind, safe, um, non-violent behaviours. So when they come out of that platform, the behaviours they're going to replicate or reflect will be what they're experiencing in the game because they've, but they've already been, that's the way that it's been. Like, yeah. And as I said, it's like that's what's happened and it's like, you know, we get, we ask, you know, you, some of the things, it's like, you know, how can you ensure that they're protected? It's like, well, we need, yet again, it's about onboarding. It is. It's onboarding when it is like you need these, it's like standard operating procedures, but I call them like operating so that you can actually, as a parent, it's like, so you actually understand what it means. It's like, oh, the kid wants to, my child wants to join um, Roblox. Okay, and it's like Roblox all, is one of the biggest ones they're using right now to get to children. Yeah, they, and I mean, and I can see how. Like, yeah, and I, through Discord, I, have, I think it is Discord. They well, said. they they bring them. There's a Discord. Um, there is a Discord, and the way that they get them is that because that's how they get to take them out there. And the thing is, is that but 
what I want to pull back to, right, yeah. is because I watched this, right, so to join Discord, you have to be 13. Yes, right. Mm. To Let's join, talk about to, that. To, yeah, okay. And it, 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 there's a, you know, there's a cutoff, right? So there's, that's it, okay? So to join Discord, it's 13. Apple, apps, most apps, unless you, when you're designing them, specifically change, request to have the date changed of age of when they can log into the app, is also 13. Yes. Unless and they same change say, it, right? Facebook's 13. Facebook's 13. <laughs> so they set this stage at 13, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So from the very first instant, if you're giving, so cheap, and then you've got, so you've got kids messenger. Mm-hmm. So there's messenger, right? And yeah. so, but it, and then there's another, there's a, there's a younger version of, oh, I'll get into that one because yeah. there's actually like a, there's a TikTok one, but for children. Yes. Um, and that's a process because you actually have to, the parent has to join and the parent actually has to have a video taken of you with your child and you actually have to speak and interact and say these sentences so they can actually tell that it's not um, yeah. CGI or whatever or if it's, you know, a, a, but a, as I said, everyone. But the fact that you have got people that are automatically joining those platforms lying so not telling the truth oh yeah and that then then there's your problem the thing here because what i've discovered out there in the real world is there are a lot of parents that are that not parents there are a lot of people out there and now with ai capability have manipulated all of this to allow yeah. this to happen and other kids yeah you know, like neighbors whatever um they're sending all sorts of material to other places you know so for example, a woman called Scrolling to Death um, posted and and the FBI and other places are monitoring what's happening. And so mm. people are making up ages accounts, uh, all, you know, all sorts of things. And then when a child gets on there, they actually give them 200 contacts to add to their list. And if you go through the contacts, they're all like a lot of them are pedophile people. Mm. And that's, that's just straight Instagram right now for children in Australia and parents have Mm. no idea. And then the algorithms are serving them up material that's completely different to what they're serving up to adults. Yep. And it comes down to onboarding. It'll still, I'll keep pulling it back where you actually have to take ownership as a parent and as, and you have to educate your children. Yeah. Teachers, whoever are leaders. And the thing is, is that it's like, you know, the number of heated, over-the-top discussions I've had with my children, um, like they've asked their friends, like, I mean, um, when was it? I think Jackson was oh, seven or eight. And he said, oh, Mum, can I get Fortnite? And I said, no. <laughs> and he goes, why? And I went, because... Um, it isn't safe and a lot of people in there aren't real. I said there's no, because we have we have five values. I have, well, I have values. Uh, my business has those values, everything, and they all sit on those five values and that's truth, equality, love, oneness and serve. And so I've brought Jackson and Saffron 
into that space and said, here you go, this is how it works. Look, up until their children are at least 13, at least the yeah. maximum the maximum time they should be on screen they you know it's known is only one to two hours a day and that's considered too much for, it is for, yeah for most people for their brains in china they're not they're not allowing they're fining parents if their kids are on screens for more than one hour mm. I know that sounds really weird, but we now have a plethora of research papers demonstrating how screens yep. and just the checking completely alters their brainstem. Yeah, and changes, it does. It makes it, well, every parent listening knows this. No one wants to talk about it because of lots of reasons, because tech's become the next thing that everyone has to be part of. Um, but, yeah, the papers, they've done longitudinal studies on adolescent boys showing that just the mm. checking alone changes completely their brain activity and the amygdala, mm -hmm. for example, making them more impulsive, which yeah. is a gate gateway into, you know, all sorts of diagnoses, but all sorts of addictions. And that gaming yeah. is addictive as well. You know, mm. their brains but, aren't but, ready for it. Yeah. But then, but then you can pull it back and go, well, if, I mean, because I, I mean, I as I said, look, I I experience this because I work on the screen. Yeah. Um. Now that I work from home, yes. but I've been working on screen even when I wasn't. You know, if I was working for organisations or whatever, you do a lot of work. But now it's I'm spending more time on screen and different platforms. And I had to have, as I said, I've had deep sometimes frustrating repetitive conversations of to the to to bring it into the awareness of Jackson and Saffron constantly and to other people and as I said it's it's enabled it, their friendships have changed uh-huh that's um, interesting and because I've and it's the because I've sort of I've highlighted and I bring it into their awareness it's like okay you need to get off I need to get off we have to be away from this. Um, you are unable to sit and do this because it's not healthy for you. Explaining small things like access to blue light, what it all does, what it's doing to your brain. Kids actually, young people actually like that stuff. Oh, they're incredibly and smart, but we don't do that enough, do we? We're too. We don't have the conversational. The digital age is new for parents, let's face it, and all the old parenting ways don't fit this digital age. We don't know how to have these conversations because we didn't grow up with them ourselves, a lot of us, too. Oh, but, you, but, you meet, but you meet people that don't understand their social cues. They're not taught how to communicate. Like, yeah. You can have conversations with your children properly and, and helps them improve so so thank you Suzanne for joining us today and giving us all your time and all the work you're doing behind the scenes thank you so much and for all of the techniques and tools you've given to parents who are listening to to help their kids thrive thanks a lot thanks